everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie. I'm here with my co-host and husband Jeremy as always. And today we're talking to Daniel. So thank you so much Daniel for being here. Um, Jeremy's going to introduce him properly as always, but we really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in once again and thank you Daniel for being here eventually. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time coming. (laughs) I think I asked you to come on a podcast not one year ago, but yeah, maybe. I, I had to play hard again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catch me again. <laughs> uh, but we made it. I'm glad. Before we leave, you came. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Um, no, I think that, you, uh, that factored into my the decision to do it too. Like, you know, I wanted to come back, get together with you guys before you headed off. And like, I really appreciate like you, said, you take get to know each other a little more too, a little deeper. So I appreciate you guys I having I really, me. really wanted to interview you. You're one of the first name I put on my list when we started the podcast, honestly. Because mm-hmm. so we met through Daybreaker, mm-hmm. like all the guests we had. Uh, that was about the time is so blurry right now. Yeah. When maybe was it was that? 2017, 2018. Like uh, years ago? Yeah, like yeah. 2018, 2019. Okay, so uh, then it was 2018. It wasn't. And yeah, so we met through Daybreaker. Um, oh, I know actually when it's the first time that we talked. It was at Corey's apartment. <laughs> ah, okay. I was, we, thinking like, of, you know, I was thinking about that when we I was did, like on a the party way over at, here, at yeah. Corey's apartment in Brickle. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. when. I think that's when, when we first when we started chat. really talking. Yeah, yeah. I guess everybody had been around and stuff. So I and, remember that night. And I knew like everything we talked about was like, mm, like we have a lot of we have, we have a lot of things in common. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I thought you would be a, a, a great a great guest on a podcast because you. You had an interesting life, uh, and <laughs> you do, and you are doing great things. So let's share it. Uh, before we dive into your your story and your travel story, which is going to be the main topic, uh, born and raised in Miami Beach. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. how is that? <laughs> yeah, so I'm very fortunate. Obviously, now it's like we have this. Let's say we met through Daybreaker. We have this whole Daybreaker crew of people who've come from like all over the world, all over the country and like have moved to Miami and live and enjoy the city of Miami beach and the rest of it. So like, I'm very fortunate that I live in a place that people come from all over the world to see. Yeah. I'm really lucky. I really couldn't ask for more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is a a special place for us as well, Mm -hmm. as you know. So what was it like growing up literally next to the beach (laughs) and like, I don't know, because so I'm from like the cold north of England where it rains mm-hmm. all the time. I can't imagine being a kid and like going to the beach every weekend. And I don't know, was that amazing? I mean, we used to go on to the beach on Christmas Day. So that was like always our tradition, right? So if you're saying that you're from the UK and it's... Yeah, no, <laughs> we, we had completely inside. different Christmas experiences <laughs> yeah. growing yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but, but it's interesting because I feel the more... A lot of people that we know in Miami in general mm-hmm. don't even take advantage of the beach and stuff like that mm-hmm. like they just take it most people here i feel take it for granted yeah the the whole all everything that's great about the city i feel a lot of people from the city take it for granted mm-hmm. and it was interesting last year when the beach closed because of the pandemic so many people yeah. were like open a beach it's like, you haven't been for two years why do you care <laughs> suddenly because it's taken away from you you care about it yeah. i thought that was fascinating uh yeah. that yeah people just say like yeah I-, I live in miami so i can go to the beach whenever i want yeah so you never go because you can go whenever you want 
mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting about human in general. No, yeah, it's true. <laughs> when you feel that you have something for an infinite amount of time, you don't act on it. You don't take advantage of it until it's taken away from you and you miss it all of a sudden with exactly. so many things in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good observation. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you grow up and did your high school college in Miami? So, so I went to, to high school in Miami and then I left for university. I went to Florida State University in Tallahassee. So even around that time, I was just like probably at that age in high school. Like I traveled with my family, like all over. So I always had a mindset to like, not like leave for the sake of leaving, but I definitely wanted to explore somewhere new and like, you know, branch out and like, see like, all right, you know, what's this world about? So then I had applied all over the country, like New Orleans and Boston and got into some schools. And then, of course, like you guys didn't go to university here in the U.S., but you know how expensive it is to go to some of these schools. <laughs> so I was like, wow, OK, you know, I can't do that either, because maybe at that age, 18, I didn't really even know, like in a concrete way, what I wanted to necessarily do. So it was like invest all this money to study something that maybe down the line, it's like, well, wow, I just sunk in a ton of cash into this degree that maybe now I have a different passion that I discovered in like. You know, I could have been in a juggling class and decided yeah. that, you know, oh my gosh, this is what I love. So, so I went to FSU and I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot about myself. Like social life is so rich there. And there also wasn't as much pressure to like perform because I knew I wasn't paying like the $50,000 a year to go here. Mm-hmm. So it gave me a little more flexibility to like, really, I've always taken my studies very seriously, but I also had a great time with my friends and like, didn't let it suffocate me at least early on when I was 18, yeah. 18. Where is this desire of seeing the world and traveling coming from? Is it your parents, the way you grew up or? Yeah, honestly, sometimes I don't even know. Maybe there's like different motivations at different points in time. But I think when I was younger, we would go to Europe. That was normally like the trips we would do in the summer when we had two weeks vacation. Like my parents took us to like every so we went to France, we went to UK, we went all over. So I think from a young age, being exposed to that, I always like really looked forward to it. When the trip was coming up, I would always think like, wow, you know, like what's France going to be like? What's it going to be like to go to the Louvre and like see all these incredible places that you see on TV or in (laughs) books. And then, you know, when you actually experience it, you think, wow, okay, it's like you learn so much about life and people and see people are completely different and different culture. And like, so I I think I just always enjoyed that. But you know, yeah, I always, I always think back. I'm like, wow, what was like the first seed that was planted in me? And I always think back. I had this like book of all these different cultures that my parents must have gotten me when I was a little kid. And I had these cartoons of people from like all these different countries all over the world dressed in like traditional dress right. or clothing or like things like this. And I just remember going through it. And of course, now looking back, maybe, you know, that was 25 years ago or something like that. The way people perceived others was also so different because oh, yeah. it like really exotic, like it made these people very exotic. And I was always like, wow, like there's people in the planet that are just so completely different from me when I would see this, like, wow. And as like a young kid, five, six years old. And then obviously I ended up living there one day. And that's why I always think of the, I remember seeing like the, the, like the one Thai dancer in the cartoon. And then I always thought about it when I was living there later on in life. I was like, wow, it's kind of like weird that I would even remember that. Yeah. I think it's interesting as well how, Obviously, 25 years ago, we didn't have the internet. So these days you can just Google, okay, what does, you know, what happens in t- India or Thailand or Africa mm-hmm. or whatever? You can kind of just Google it or yeah. see it on Instagram. Whereas back when we were kids, it was kind of books or documentaries and you only get one person's perspective on mm-hmm. what that country or culture is like. Yeah. So I find that really interesting as well. Yeah, that's so cool. I feel old when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break it to you, but we are old. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you're right. It opens up all these new worldviews that, you know, and, and it's only growing, right? So it's interesting to see the perspective that people have. Like, even a game I play for fun <laughs> is like, I'll just go down a hole through Instagram and like click like the restaurant and then click the place and click. And you see like a whole world that you didn't even know existed. Like, it was just like, I would pass around the phone and everybody take a turn. And they would click something else. So it could be a person, it could be the place, it could be the hashtag. And you would just keep clicking, clicking, clicking until you ended up in like a community in like Malaysia or like, you know, it's interesting. You can The, the degrees of separation things. between people, you really notice it when you do like an activity like that. Like we're yeah. not that far apart from each other after all. Yeah. So what did you uh, focus on in your studies in college? Yeah, so... Apart from the drinking. <laughs> So, so I had majored in finance, marketing, um, and then professional sales, which was pretty interesting for me in that time because like even sales, I guess I didn't really think too much of it, but I had a marketing professor approach me in a class that I was taking and he's like, you know, I think you could be good on the sales team. And I was thinking, well, yeah, maybe I could get involved in campus a little more and see what it's like and add something to my resume and like maybe learn some new skills. So I joined. So it was interesting because we would do like all these exercises and I honestly really learned a lot and then as I got older looking back to it's like wow that was actually so useful at the time I was thinking what am I even I'm in like this like a mock sales call and pretending I'm selling something that I'm not and but I can look back and say I, I learned a lot from that but I was initially focused on um, like finance and at that time I wanted to work in finance and I think as my time at university like progressed maybe I'd done some internships as well and even when I was doing an internship and uh One bank here in Miami, like I was on a team of like five, six people and it was like a wealth management team, like focused on Latin America. Mm. And then like the head of the team pulls me over, uh, pulls me over like towards the end of the internship. And she's like, she never talked to me. She barely looked at me. And we're like in this small team. <laughs> it was kind of cruel. I was like, wow, I'm just here trying to learn and like soak up knowledge. <laughs> and see if This is what I want to do. Um, and... And so she just pulled me aside and I remember we were kind of by like the coffee space and she's like leaning on the door and she's just telling me about like her own life and how she was like, you know, I'm like this eager 19 year old kid. And she's like, you know, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't have done this. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I was like, well, you know, that's not everybody's experience of it. But she was like, had it all, you know, she worked so hard. She like had houses all over and she's like. I really don't think I would do this all over again. And I was thinking, I was like 19, trying to get, like learn. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, so I, maybe, maybe in that time too, I was also thinking a little more about it anyway. And I studied marketing. Mm. And I think I enjoyed like the creative side of it as well. I actually really enjoy finance. Like I like, the, like to understand the concepts and like it's so important in our world, the way like our society runs, right? Like, but, but I enjoyed being just way more creative with it i like got way more enjoyment and you're both very creative people yourself so you know there's like an enjoyment in like honing that and like letting it out and expressing it into the world so i really like that it's interesting were you well would you say would you classify yourself as a creative when you were a kid when i was a kid yeah maybe creative in my own ways maybe like problem solver but like i was always okay. an athlete i always played sports i played like every single sport okay um and i played in high school as well um but but yeah i mean i always had like the creative side i think like as i got older it was more like mm, yeah i think more applied to like problem solving I, honestly part of me wonders sometimes where it came from i think it was just diving in deeper and exploring that and realizing that we all have the potential to be creative Like maybe you feel if you're a young kid and you're not like the best painter, 
<laughs> in your arts and crafts class in like second grade that you kind of become discouraged and you don't dive deeper. Yeah. And you know, you might enjoy it, but like you don't like take it seriously maybe as a craft that you want to get better at. Yeah. The reason I'm asking is because for years, I mean, when I say years, it's until recently. 30 I've, years. I've never seen myself as a creative. Yeah. Like I've, until like probably two years ago, I've always said like Rosie is a creative in a couple and I'm mm. the techie, <laughs> rational, yeah. organized guy in the mm -hmm. couple and she's the one that's creative um and it took me a while and it's i mean literally like in the last probably two years that i i don't know started using the drone doing this podcast mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah. i've changed my definition of being creative mm -hmm. and it's interesting because when i asked you were you creative you associated creative with like problem solving yeah. which for me in my head i've never seen creativity and problem solving as something going together mm. um that's why i was asking because obviously now you're extremely creative um but i feel well when i was a, a kid and a teenager and a young adult i've always associated creativity with art creating mm -hmm. a piece of art yeah uh that's what creativity is for me and was mm. what well, was for me because now it's, it's changing um but yeah that's that's why i was asking because i know now you obviously do photography and videography and, and a lot of things but that was not the case then when you were a teenager and college yeah. guy right yeah well i mean i probably always like maybe would see things that way when it comes to photography because i was looking at, back at some old photos i must have taken when i was 14 15 ah. so i did have like this eye but once again it was like not something that i considered too much as like i want to dive deeper and like really hone in on this but then creativity can take so many different forms right like what's creative to you is like the way your mind works and your mind works and mm -hmm. like this person's mind works and my mind works and we all work in different ways so we can interpret that like i said like normally i guess i view it like as visually creative when i think of the word creative mm -hmm. so in that way i really wouldn't identify myself as a lifelong creative or creative at all it just we're all different right yeah we're all different in our own way. No, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's different how, it's interesting how we all have a different definition mm -hmm. of what's a creative or who's a creative and how it's evolving. Yeah, my, my definition of a creative 10 years ago is really different than what it is now, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, Rosie has always been the creative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For us. <laughs> so once you graduated, uh, how did you get your first job and did you think your first job was going to be like it like oh i'm gonna have a career go through the ladder and get money and i don't yeah. know what was your plan for life back at back in the days i mean honestly i think towards the end of my time in university i was having more of a crisis because i was like wow is this really going to be like what my life is like is this what i'm setting myself up for and everybody wants like we all have the lives that we want for ourselves right like you know to each their own we all have the lives we're living and like for me in that time I, I think it was maybe around like junior year, um, like I had started gravitating more towards the concept of wanting to work in like development or like in the nonprofit sector. Um, but then I felt also closed in because I had studied finance and also studied marketing, I guess. But I had always had an interest in like international relations and things that are happening around the world um, and current affairs. So I felt like I'd missed an opportunity to take that as a subject and then like apply that to that field. But 
but yeah, so I, I, I then, but then in that time too, I also maybe creatively thought, well, all right, like this is what I studied. Um, and this is like what I've set for myself. So the best way to position myself out of university was probably to go work in microfinance. Um, so in that time, I had applied for a master's here at the University of Miami to study international administration and nonprofit management. So then I thought, okay, like that could be a good stepping stone into getting into this field and like also discovering some other type of like work around the world, you know, just, you know, wherever it was. I, I was definitely open in that time. Um, but I still wanted that experience of working in finance because I felt like it was like a crucial skill and maybe I can use that for good. Right. So like I always thought that I care more if I'm working in a company, I care more about what the company like does and what the mission of the company is than like sometimes what my role in it is. Like I also want to feel sometimes that I'm contributing to like a greater using my skill set to contribute to the greater good and feeling like, OK, you know, you're good at X, Y, Z and you're good at this. And I might be good at this. And if we combine those forces together, then we can actually maybe have a bigger impact. So in that time, I did feel actually like really closed. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> this is not what I want. And I felt like everything was written in stone in that time too. In a way, like I just created this anxiety for myself without realizing like, well, you know, the world is really wide open, but sometimes you could feel like, yeah. like constrained and like about us, like outside forces that might want something different from you. So like a lot of people in my life were like, why would you even want to do that? Or like, you know, so I, I started getting a lot of that and it made me feel like, yeah, why do I want to do this? Um, but but in that time, then I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go and get my master's. So I have the summer and I thought, well, I have these three months here. And I applied for a program to go to Shanghai and work in finance in Shanghai, an investment bank there, small little investment bank. Um, and I don't even know like what triggered it. <laughs> I have no idea. I was just like woke up one day. I must have woken up one day and I was like. Like, I want to go somewhere like so different, but something that also like brings value to me and like I could learn a lot from. And I saw at that time it was 2012. I was like, okay, China's like this rising country on the global stage. And like, Mm. it is like a future finance hub. I mean, it was already a finance hub. And I thought like it could be just a great place to go out, see, like explore and just do something completely different. Like, Mm. honestly, I just wanted to push myself and I was a young person and I thought, well, like. If I had the feeling of, of, of like towards the end of university of like feeling like constrained and that I had no option, I was like, let me just go and see. And I did it That's and cool. I did it. And I remember still like, and you guys did something very similar in your own yeah. life. So, you know, that feeling of like <laughs> leaving for the first time at such a young age and like the butterflies. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I remember I was on the flight. I was like, what have I done? Like, yeah. what, what am I doing? Yeah. What? Like, I, like, and I knew I had to come back. Well, it was like two and a half, three months later. I was like, what have I done? I didn't even like, you know, Google Maps doesn't work. Like nothing works over there. Like even in that time, like sometimes oh, yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. just didn't speak English, you know, and it's their country, you know, so you have to adapt and learn their language. But it was challenging. It was a really challenging place to go at first. And I think some people advise me against it because they're like, yeah, that's really a hard landing into like, you know, it's like if you go to Hong Kong, it's like, like yeah. from their history, they just have like, it's a different type of uh, climate. So if people were like, just go to Hong Kong instead. And I was like, no, I want to go to Shanghai. <laughs> and how, how did your parents react to that? Were they supportive or like, you know, to- I think I have very, I'm very fortunate because I have really supportive parents, but I'm sure like internally they were like, oh yeah, yeah. they were like, wait, what, why? Like, <laughs> you know? So, so I mean, I think it was probably hard for them to understand, but, yeah. um, but yeah, also like it was just the curiosity, like, you know, I'm just curious. I also wanted to know, like, what's the other side of the world like? 
so you know, we live us. on this planet together. <laughs> so tell us, what was it like? How did you enjoy your three months there? Well, the three months were... <laughs> it was interesting because it was like... It was something that I could say, like, definitely prepared me for, like, my adult life in the world. Because it was it was really challenging. Like, I remember walking home from work the first day with my colleague. And we got totally lost. We got so lost. And it was just like... There was like... She was panicking. And I was like, okay, don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> figure this out. But I didn't know where we were either. <laughs> and then map, Google Maps doesn't work. Nothing works. Um... So eventually we figured it out. And I think that like going from like Tallahassee and Miami all the way to a city like that, at, at that age, I learned so much. And I think then I became so interested in that feeling of like pushing myself and being like, wow, okay, you know, like, like just putting myself out there. So then I was really fortunate in that time to have um, my boss and his name is Sean Masaros. He, uh, he was just this really, really cool dude. This was like one of my favorite people I've ever met. Absolutely brilliant guy. And I remember he would ask us about like the things we wanted in life. And I was telling him like, you know, I think I want to go work in microfinance. And we would have all these conversations. And I think he already knew maybe like, well, you know, maybe I can work in this role, but it's not really the role that I wanted because I didn't want to work in that and feel like five years down the line, like, oh, wow, this isn't what I wanted to do. And like time is short, you know, we can never really predict what happens. So I didn't want to um, stay in something when maybe my heart was trying to tell me to invest my time elsewhere and at a young age you have all the time in the world right mm. um so so yeah he was just trying to convince me he's like you know maybe you don't want to do this like maybe you shouldn't be a banker <laughs> and we, we stayed amazing friends after this but he was just like what are you doing going back to get your master's just stay here you'll learn so much more here just find the job here so then i started going out to all these networking events so like he pushed me to go out there and he was like you know just what yeah like you can go back to school whenever but like when are you gonna have this opportunity like and and eventually like i was going out and i did find, come across this really cool opportunity just the way like all these serendipitous moments happen in life and i was at a networking event in this building called the pullman by where my apartment was at the time and uh and i met this woman named christine that she was the she was the head fundraising director for this organization called the Library Project. And so what they did is they built libraries in these rural communities throughout like China, Vietnam, Cambodia. And they were looking for like a marketing director. And I had studied marketing in undergrad. Yeah. Although it wasn't the field that I jumped into initially at the time. Like I had that on my resume and learned it. And I was a fresh graduate too. Um, so I was really interested. I was like, wow, what are the chances? Like, you know, for me, same as like, I would like to like, use my skills to like work in this field you know yeah. and maybe that was just the opportunity that popped up so eventually i was able to interview with them i was really proactive about it and and they gave me the job so then i was like you know i told the master's program back in miami i was like hey you know i'm really sorry but this is part of the reason why i wanted to go get my master's so yeah. it's like i didn't want to drop that opportunity um to uh to go back to school to study what i was had the potential had the opportunity yeah. to do now yeah, yeah. um so then I was like, made all the plans. I came back to Miami. I was getting my paperwork and I was so excited. And all of a sudden we couldn't do it because I had to go on like a, uh, like a certain type of visa. And like, it just ended up being like a very complicated process. And like, I just couldn't go. Eventually they couldn't really hire a foreigner. It was something like that. Right. So then I couldn't go back, but I had already told the university. <laughs> and so the semester had already started, right? Um, so then I started, so yeah. So eventually then I went back to the, in, in January, cause that was around like August. And I was in the program for a semester. Then I was, and then a, a friend from Shanghai had reached out, and he's like, "Hey, we're looking for somebody uh, for our company." 
which is a company that uh, that helped me get the internship in the first place. Right. And they're like, we're looking for somebody to come out and be the marketing director. And your old boss recommended you, my old boss in the finance firm. Uh, so, so I was like, you know what? Yeah, I guess I'm going to go back because it would have been there- another year of my master's. And I was like, felt that maybe like the regret of like having something yeah. and like being really close and losing it. And then also just, you know, maybe I could have gone on in school, but I probably would have the feeling of like, like if I maybe stayed on that path, maybe it would have led me somewhere else. And maybe I always would have wondered like, yeah, what if I did take that job? And what if I did go back and like yeah. see what my initial feeling was about when I was younger? So um, you went back? So I went back. Yeah. How long I, for? I'm sorry? How long were you there for? After? When I had gone back, there's a, a, I think a year and a half, almost two years bouncing between Shanghai and Hong Kong and wow. um, traveling for work. And it was a small startup. And I was at that time, 23, 24 and I was just also like really just, I was just a hard worker. Yeah. I showed like my dedication and I enjoyed my job because it was really challenging like to have a, this startup and think of these creative solutions to like grow the company. Um, and at a young age, obviously, it's not like I was taking like a executive yeah. salary, you know, and I was young. I didn't care. I just wanted to be in Shanghai. I wanted to work hard. I wanted to yeah. party. I wanted to travel. Yeah. Um, but it ended up being a really transformative work experience. Uh and and I was given a lot of responsibility at that young age um, and and got to do a lot. My company sent me to Australia to give lectures at the universities all wow. over the country. And I was like 23, 24 lecturing <laughs> people about uh, like uh, Chinese culture and how like how to adapt in the workplace environment and things like this. So from, I wasn't an expert in that. So a guy from Miami was going to Australia to give a talk about Chinese culture. Know, <laughs> globalization. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> but, yeah, how, funny. <laughs> um, I've got this cliche in my head of, I don't know, Chinese life being really nonstop working, not much social life. I don't know. You, that's, that's what we see on TV. I mm-hmm. feel like people mm-hmm. really like dedicated to work but in a really extreme negative way and everything like how how was your experience there especially as it was your first experience you've never experienced yeah like work in in, in the u.s before that so how yeah like i worked in the u.s and it was it was just a different culture different cultures approach to life in Mm -hmm. the workplace and like you know I, i would say that people um are industrious and they're very hard working you know they dedicate a lot of themselves and i think part of it too is that there's just so much competition you know um like they have a, an entrance exam to get into the university and it's like one of the most competitive exams in the world. Okay. So I think from a young age, they're in a very populated country. I can't tell you what the population is right oh, now, yeah, but, but like yeah. a very significant portion of the world population lives there. So imagine there's only so many universities that people can go to. So from a young age, there's a realization out there that, wow, there's a lot of competition. And if you don't prepare your child from a young age, they might not make it and they might not succeed. Um, and then maybe opportunities are just limited, you know, here in the U S you could have an idea, you can go out to the street yeah. and you can yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that that's bred into people's minds at an early age. And then that carries over into the workplace, um, where maybe there's limited positions of like leadership positions or positions of power. And, you know, we all want to, if we're going to be spending our time at an office, we want to do our best. If that's the time we're putting into something, you want to make sure you could be as good as you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, and it depends, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed my experience there and I thought Chinese people were wonderful. And I think that's part of what attracted me to the country. It was like the opportunity to learn about people who were, grew up in a completely different world and see the world through a completely different lens and like 
understanding that wow okay you know like we just all view the world so differently we all share the planet but like you know we're all so similar there's so many ways that we're all similar and there's also so many ways that we're so different and it's nice that for the most part we really coexist pretty well I, i'm so curious about level. china that's one of the country i would i, w- I would like to go because so cool it's, it's really such a cool country it's such a massive country so much to see yeah, that, yeah there's so much to see yeah. there's so much diversity because i guess if you go to shanghai or if you go to a random mm-hmm. rural place somewhere in the middle you're gonna mm-hmm. have a totally like different experience but also in europe and in the us the the media and and society has been creating an image about china about th- this country this communist country like trying to take over the world. I don't know. We we, we have like a, a an image about China. I feel mm-hmm. uh, in Europe or, or in the US that's created by the media and by the politics that is probably totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'd be curious to actually experience it and see how how it is to be there. Because I'm sure my 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 picture in my head of what China is like is probably a thousand percent wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like that's for us to go out and like discover if the things we hear about places are wrong yeah. right like and i think then that's also then what kind of drove me in that time too i found that like when people would tell me about this place that they had never been to yeah. they had no idea what they were talking about and it's like i think sometimes you have to have that first-hand experience or like we were talking about earlier um you know like local hearing local stories and stories from the local people mm-hmm. which is a different thing where you hear from people on the ground um so so yeah so i think that that's something that really drove me was like to see yes yeah, is, is this the correct view of the world and are, are they getting the correct view of us right and it's just mm-hmm. like you you never really know and people are people so i think once you have an experience on the ground wherever you go in the world it could be indonesia miami yeah, yeah, um you know paris like that's what shapes your perception of those places and like in a maybe more accurate way yeah oh yeah totally so after two years in in, in china uh, it's amazing that such a young age like being like not even 25 right Mm-hmm. You had so much opportunities to like get responsibility. You had also an amazing mentor in a mm, sense. Yeah, like I mean, definitely. having someone at this. I'm I'm trying to remember like. Yeah, you know, no, and I and I really remember like one thing that he did that gave me like the most confidence at that age. Because normally, maybe you enter the workforce so young and you realize how much experience you don't have and how much you really don't know. <laughs> but what he did was that. Um, like part of the role was that we would reach out to these, um, like, let's say these VC funds, or we would reach out to like these publicly listed companies in China. And he would just tell me, he would be like, I want to speak to the CEO of the company. And I would just go to this website and it was 2012. So the internet was also structured so different. Cause I remember what my experience using it in that time was, it was really hard to find information <laughs> like on these companies and like find a number. And I would have to go through like all these documents just to find the number. And then he was like, all right. Put me in touch. So then I would reach out to these companies and I would be met with like a Chinese secretary. And then I would have to figure out all these ways. And it comes back then to the creative uh, problem solving. All these ways to like maneuver your way through this hierarchy until you can get in touch with uh, the CEO. And a lot of times I was able to, to actually do it. And it did give me like the confidence that like, oh, or really it just like lifted this illusion for me at a young age of like, wow, wait a second. You can actually like reach out to like anybody. You can get in touch with anybody yeah. you want. Like if you, you you know you can always figure out a way when it comes to like this professional world. Like oh, you want to speak with the director of marketing at this company? Yeah, there's like an opportunity to do it, and you often think that there's these barriers yeah. that are not necessarily there. 
And and that's why like I, I think that was taken away from me and I felt like, oh wow, like I could actually kind of just go out and try to speak to whoever. Um and maybe something comes from it. And so I was never really scared of putting myself out there in that way. Maybe I don't always want to come on a podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's not something that ever scared me. It was putting myself out there and like, well, maybe feeling stupid or rejected yeah. or whatever. And then it's that that's an amazing skill to get mm. at a young age. Like yeah. that's mm. life changing because yeah, we have we create so many stories in our head about oh this person is not gonna respond because he's a CEO or a CEO or whatever or mm, yeah. or oh I'm not good enough or I'm not big enough or my company is not famous enough, so they're mm-hmm. not gonna answer or whatever. Like, we we are really good at creating all those excuses. Yeah. <laughs> but Having, life is the story we tell ourselves oh yeah and, and having an experience this way such at such a young age about actually like there's so many possibilities out there and i can just grab them if i want to and it's up to me like having now yeah. is <laughs> yeah because amazing. now you can have your time to speak you, you have your, even on clubhouse right people go up and now pitch their ideas and their startups for 45 seconds like yeah. now the world There's a platform out there to say, you know, Twitter and Instagram, you know, you have a voice. Mm-hmm. You put yourself out there. So you never know who can receive it or who you want to reach out to and how proactive um, you can be. So it was really, yeah, that was like really the most valuable skill that I think I took away in that time. Yeah. Was, uh, well, I guess also the fact that most of the time, especially in the US, I feel if you spend like thousands and thousands of dollars learning about skill, going to college. Mm-hmm. you feel you kind of have to get a job with the yeah. right position, getting the right amount of money so you can pay everything back and feel it was worth it. Yeah. It wasn't a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get stuck in that, even if they don't enjoy it. They just get stuck in it because it's, you know, I've spent five years learning about this and spent so much money and my parents did all this sacrifice for me. Like, I, I need mm-hmm. to paid back or whatever so yeah. people get stuck into this life that they hate sadly and you've been able to get out of this story and mm-hmm. create a new story for yourself that actually you can hi- have the life that you want doing whatever you want doing something you enjoy and mm-hmm. and and you have so many doors in front of you so getting that before 25 years old i mean i wish i had it <laughs> yeah no, like I'm really now lucky, i'm aware yeah. of it but <laughs> yeah you got that 10 years <laughs> ago yeah, which is amazing it's true, no? and um, it's also like just so fortunate and it's like you know the circumstances that i come from and also just like i said in life is full of so many serendipitous moments i know mine is of like the, you come across a certain person in your life and like something happens and it le- leads to something else and it's just like I feel like a lot of my life, I can trace to those little moments and I can look back now at where I'm at now and see all those little connections and things that had to totally go wrong and like <laughs> major fails. And like, you know, when I thought that like things wouldn't like bounce back and, you know, you go through this up and down roller coaster and then you look back and think, oh, okay, it had to happen that way or, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so, so yeah. So it's nice to hold on then to that mindset and like, you know, do view things that way, even like the challenges and like, you know, even when I left that job, I think it was your question yeah i had my friend he connected me to a travel company and so like i already kind of worked at a travel company but then now i really was working for a travel startup based in hong kong so one of my best friends when i left the job i had before i was looking to stay or maybe i didn't know if i was going to leave i was on the fence looking around he's like hey there's this really cool startup they have like yet to launch um 
like you want to apply so and then i interviewed and it was like this incredible job that it was like to be a travel curator for this company called klug travel maybe they had like seven or eight employees so my job was to travel throughout southeast asia and then find like the really cool things to do to bring up onto this tour platform mm -hmm. and already in shanghai that's when i started learning photography actually is I just started walking. I would just be experiencing the city and I would be out with friends or like walking through the market or just, you know, walking home from work. And I would just take pictures of the life going on because it was like memories. And also it's like just interesting to look back on and share with people back home. Like this is what the life is like. But then I found that I really enjoyed doing that. And I really enjoyed this like street photography and like sharing these places and like um, just showing like a positive side to the world, like maybe not the world that you might see on TV, but that like people are people and everybody, you know, everybody enjoys life and we're all very, you know, similar in so many ways. So, so then I put that on the resume too, because I was like, want to be the travel curator, but I was still learning photography, but my friend was like, you should put that your photographer. I'm like, I don't know if my stuff is that good yet, <laughs> but then, so I did put it and, and I improved a lot in that job. Uh, so I, I got to go throughout Southeast Asia then and like, uh, and I really, really enjoyed that job. Um, and then I did that for a few months um, on like a contract role. And then I got hired. I was in negotiations to get hired full time and start working full time. But then I was back home. I've been gone for so long. Also, it was a startup environment I had been working in for years. So I was already kind of actually really stressed out because mm -hmm. working in a small company, working crazy hours and like partying hard. I barely slept yeah. <laughs> in those years. And... Um, and then I felt like, well, okay, these are like my 20s. And even though I like this job and it was kind of the same position where I didn't have like any leverage because it was such a cool job. Because mm. <laughs> it's like you're telling somebody, well, you're paying for them to travel around the That's world. Point, it's yeah. like, you know, so you don't really, you're not really in a position of power because everybody's going to want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually I decided, you know, I think I just want to do my own thing and freelance and uh, like take a little more control over my life and schedule because I've been working so much and. In that time, I was also on the other side of the world and I traveled a lot for work, but then I didn't really have time to travel for leisure because I would use those days to come back and visit uh, my family here in Miami because I would only have like two weeks a year vacation. So I would come back for two weeks. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so that's how that's like my work journey. It's uh, interesting how in that time, that yeah. was another phase. <laughs> Everything led you to. And I, and I can see. So ended like up becoming actually the biggest, one of the biggest travel companies in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I look back on it also. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm really happy for them because I know how hard they worked and, like, yeah. you know, they were brilliant guys. And it just wasn't the time. The timing just wasn't right for me and the opportunity wasn't right for me. And I could look back and also think, well, it had to happen. I had to, like, leave that, yeah. like, potential dream job because now I have my dream job. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you, you, you got something out of it. And mm -hmm it made you who you are now so mm -hmm. i mean it's it's yeah um what was at, at this time like what was your definition of making it in life you know like what success. yeah or success like what were you after because you were about what 25 26 yeah i was like 25 26 okay. um so was it about just doing something I love or about the money or about like, what was driving you? Um, I think there, there were a few things in that time. Like, I think for one, I definitely wanted more control over my schedule mm -hmm. because I felt like, you know, if I had this desire to really see the world and, you know, for me in that time when I was, let's say living in Shanghai, I was working insane hours, but even the 30 minute walk from home from work was like so nice and such an experience that I was happy 
even to have that experience in that time, I was like, I really would enjoy that walk and savor and be in this completely different place. That that was enough for me. Um, but but I definitely wanted to take more control over my schedule. Um, I wanted to like let's say invest in learning new skills. Um, I I just really wanted to be more like remote and flexible, um, and still be able to run a company. Um, but I think in that time, I really enjoyed using like the skills I had built in those jobs. And applying it to companies that I really wanted to work with. So like I would work with these really interesting artists from around the world and travel brands, mostly like in Asia, since that's where a lot of my experience was. And what I really enjoyed, too, was always just trying to work with nonprofits and I would do like pro bono work with them Cause to go back to the nonprofit um, administration. work, something I would always been interested in anyway. So I felt like, well, this is a skill I have. Like I want to be able to offer that and like come up with these creative ideas that maybe they don't like require a huge budget but can have an impact and like um so i just really enjoyed that i was living in thailand so when i set up that company i moved to thailand so then i also wanted to minimize like my rent payments and all this because you know mm-hmm. you can live in an amazing apartment with a view of the mountain in chiang mai it costs you like 300 400 a month and then you're eating this amazing food for like a dollar a day yeah. and meanwhile i was like building a company back here in the u.s um that was an online company like an agency a digital agency um so I think like later on in life, I made this friend Hudson um, when I was in Portugal. And like he actually had told me the like something that I always think back when he's talking about like success. I was like, well, he said, um, he's like, really success is having the time to do the things you want to do. So, you know, if you could meet your needs, if you can, you know, make what you feel comfortable with or, you, you know, I'm not going to talk about that necessarily. But, you know, if you can build a life that you want from that, that that's success um you know and i mean for me it's always want to try to help out in different ways and even in that time too i was thinking like a little more long term like just focus on building my skills and then finding a way to apply that and it kind of did ended up working out so it was a good experience for me i think i did that for like four or five years i feel like you grew up really quickly between like your 20 and 25 your 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 years in in china Mm. like you you grew up super quickly and you go like mature really quickly in the sense that in some ways, I feel <laughs> no, you, enjoy, you, you, you enjoy the time. Oh yeah, um, but I feel in terms of mindset, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe escaping the U.S. capitalism way of things. Things I don't know the reason, but I feel like going away. I like early in your early twenties made you realize what's important really quickly. Like at 25 years old, having in mind that what's important for you is your freedom and and having control over your time and doing something you enjoy and just, you know, like making enough so you can live the life that you want and everything. Mm. And doing something meaningful and meaningful yeah, uh, yeah, as well. well. Um, I, I don't think most people at 25 years old have that in mind. Mm. So I, and most people, I think, get that later in their life after going through life yeah. uh, and somehow i think you got that really quickly mm. which is amazing because <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't waste <laughs> too much time yeah. and i think it's just, i was honestly also burnt out from my two jobs maybe, before I mean, that yeah. that really led me to feeling that way i like oh mm. my gosh i gave so much of myself and you know the results were great i really enjoyed it that process i really even loved all those experiences but i was i was actually just a little burnt out from putting so much yeah. in it's just not sustainable so i had burnt out probably in that time really quickly mm-hmm. And took a step back and was like, you know, maybe I should go to Thailand and like focus on like the flexibility and 
building my own thing and taking control of my own time and also doing more like yoga and meditation. This is kind of where I maybe started playing with those things a little bit more because it was so like readily available in the community in Chiang Mai, which yeah. is like a big yoga spiritual hub. But it's great to it's great to have this awakening in a sense at like 25 years old rather than 55. Yeah. Because a lot of people burn out when they are 50 or 45 or 50. But I mean, they're already, yeah. you know, like they're yeah. less here. Yeah, and then it's also then the trade-off too because it's just like you guys living here in Miami. You're so far away from your families yeah. and it's like, you know, I know you guys are going back pretty soon and visiting both your sets of parents. And it's also difficult to be away because then it comes with the, like, you know, you have to always balance that too, right? It's like yeah. difficult to be so far away, but it's also part of like something you really want. Yeah. And it's like wanting multiple things at once and like not being able to have it all. But like then that's what I kind of wanted in that time. I was like to find the balance to see my parents, right? Like anything could happen to any of us at any time. And, you know, that's just always like something that lived in the back of my head. Like sometimes I say that to people and they're like, it's so pessimistic. But then you take advantage more of like the moments that you have because, you know, well, everything is like kind of fleeting in a way. So we take advantage of the time, like knowing that you guys, like I was asking you when we were walking up the stairs. It's like knowing that you're leaving Miami in a month. You know, you you treat those moments totally different. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's still the same moment. But like, if you were staying for another year, you would like do you would have a completely different month ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. So if we maybe like sometimes then reframe our minds and then we do take advantage of all these little moments, however much we have them. So how was going from working for many startups to building your own business? Did you feel ready for it like how how was that i mean i i think to take the first steps was was very difficult but i was also working more in like a consulting role right. um so it wasn't like my own let's say like brick and mortar mm-hmm. business but i worked as in a consultant which was kind of nice because then i could really actually test these ideas that i was having on different companies and see whether or not they worked um and I think they work more often than not, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I really enjoyed working with all those companies and I thought we, you know, had a great partnerships and did a great job. And I really enjoyed a lot and built personal relationships with a lot of the people I worked with. Most of them weren't even in Miami. They were like in Hong Kong and Thailand and Israel and yeah. all these places. And I would just find them online. Yeah. I would just say, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. Like, would you be interested? In, and uh, people were open to it, actually. So then cool. what, you would go and experience something that they were providing and photograph it and video it for them oh well, i was doing like a lot of like marketing work like writing and website stuff so actually was like very little photography and videography okay. um but but i would set up a lot of these like social and digital campaigns and ads and graphic design and like like i think in that time i really wanted to see how i can grow like ideas with certain concepts and then like always thinking down the line that i want to apply that to something um, that I own down the line. So like testing these ideas out and these theories and these hypotheses on like different projects. So it was really useful for me. It was like also like another growing experience. And yeah. of course, like to go back to what you said about success as well, like was I working back like in Merrill Lynch as a banker? I wasn't and I wasn't making that type of money. But I think also I always viewed it as like continuing to build skills um, that like if I was getting paid for, like at a huge marketing agency, they would restrict me from doing because I might be like on one team um, and then I wouldn't get the full experience of doing it yeah. all and like overseeing it and understanding how things work. And like, if somebody's doing something, I know that, okay, well I'm educated in that. So I know whether 
maybe it's being done right or wrong. Oh yeah, hundred percent on that. Like you know, the, you're a tech guy, so you understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> no, but like the, the yeah, the flexibility and the freedom to experiment mm-hmm. and 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 to put your hands into I don't know, all the buckets in a sense, and not to be limited to just this part of the project. Mm-hmm. It's is mm-hmm. like the experience, the the knowledge you gain from going through an entire process from A to Z is mm. invaluable. It's yeah. amazing, and even if you don't. You're not going to spend your life doing that, but knowing how it works, understanding the different pieces is crucial mm-hmm. if later you want to build it. Because mm-hmm. you don't need to master everything, but understanding is mm. amazing. Because later when you have to find a contractor or someone else to do this part, well, you know, you've done it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know what it is. And mm-hmm. that's invaluable in business. It's an Absolutely. amazing skill to have. Yeah. and. That's why I've been grateful to work in a startup for six years is because I've put my hands everywhere mm-hmm. and I've had the chance to have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. Like no one ever told me you are in this box and you stay in this box. Like every time I'm curious and I'm like, oh, can I see how you're doing that? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's an amazing opportunity and skill to have because it's so, so valuable uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be able later to create whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you said as well about, you know, connecting the dots and how with your previous job, you were reaching out to the CEO of this company that obviously then helped you when you had your own company to then have that confidence and the knowledge of how to find CEO of this random, like it's interesting now that we're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, that's connected to that. And I can see the dots connecting to everything. So I made it much easier because that was always the difficult part, right? And then I had studied sales, something I didn't really think I was going to (laughs) study in university. So that also helped me understand like how to identify like what people might need or want in that setting and mm. yeah i mean it's really interesting looking back <laughs> yeah, yeah it is the small things um so you've done that for how many years well i had done that i must have done that i did that for a few years um and then already i think towards the end of that i was really enjoying that role as a consultant but i think then it's like then i reached that point where i'm like all right now i feel also like ready to take the step and like focus like on my intention on like one project yeah um so so i had seen some new roles and i wanted to like take that experience and apply it maybe to like a social enterprise so i found this really cool opportunity in um in lake atitlan in guatemala to work for like a collective of women weavers in like santiago de de atitlan on the lake um to be like a creative director and i had been doing still like some photography video stuff and i thought i thought it was a perfect opportunity to like apply a lot of those the business development of marketing skills to this organization um and then also learn more about video photo and video and see how we can utilize these tools to like drive more sales for these incredible bags and purses and belts and all these wonderful things that they're weaving there um so then i had interviewed and then i was like all right yeah set to go um and it was really cool and really exciting i hadn't been and then I had a friend reach out to me actually um and her name is sana she was working for a company called i like local and so when I had lived in Hong Kong back in 2013, I was working with my friend Samba. We were at a co-working space, but it was a craft making space. So it was like a co-working space for like craft makers and little artists. And they were making like terrariums and all these really cool little things. And it was right across the street from our apartment in a neighborhood called Shang Wan. And we would just always work on this bench in the place. Everybody was really an artist and we were working on the computer. They had this big like bench uh, workspace. And then one day this woman is working from her own computer and we start talking to her and we're like, 
so so what is it you're working on she's like well i'm building this company it's called like i like local and it's about like traveling with locals um so you you know let's say going to like india and instead of doing like this very commercial tour of the taj mahal you're like staying with a local family in agra and doing a cooking class and like maybe you know so so really cool local types of experiences and i was always like wow that's really that's amazing. amazing concept and i was really interested in traveling and all these things so so and and she had reminded me of this actually not that long ago but but then so me and my friend were always interested so we invited her to be a speaker at an event we were doing um and and always stayed in touch and like offered like skills here and there um to to support the organization that she was building and then i think we ran into her one more time well so she says and then i remembered it when she told me into her we ran into her and her husband in another part of town and then so we had really stayed in touch and seen each other those times and through the years i'd always helped on and off and then um like in 2018 now because yeah you're saying time is like this yeah. <laughs> i'm like wait a second 2018 was it 2018 um i think it was 2018 yeah it was 2018 <laughs> um that she had won a, an award from booking.com so she was a part of the sustainable tourism accelerator and they gave her a huge grant and then she wanted to hire out uh, some people for a team so she reached out to me like after i had accepted that other job so it kind of came at this time where i was already looking for change and transition mm-hmm. um and like wanting to like be all in on like a project and build yeah. it um like really turn it into something over the course of a few years or, or longer and um and i was like wow okay that's really actually the job that I would have always wanted because it is still like this travel company, but it's really focused on like communities and creating an impact. So the local people we work with get a hundred percent of the money that they request. And like, normally it's not like industry practice. So, um, so I was like, well, okay, it's kind of like coming full circle. Like I really, you know, do enjoy seeing the world. I'm like very curious about these cultures and these people, um, like all over. And also at the same time, like knowing that I can, you know, work for this really cool travel company. And it's also like making an impact. So it could be supporting like a conservation initiative or a women's group or a collective of artists. So it's just like, you know, the opportunity, it's a shame because, uh, well, we're about to start working in Latin America. So I do see now the opportunity to come full circle and work with that collective of, of weavers. But at that time I saw it as an opportunity to like be able to work with multiple of multiple organizations around the world. Yeah, and it was just like a, yeah. so I jumped right in. I didn't even hesitate. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, you know, I definitely want to do this. Right. So, so it's been a, a really wonderful, it's really been a wonderful ride. Uh, and, and it led me to going back to Thailand and then eventually I moved to Kenya right before the pandemic. Yeah. So we had one, our company had won an award at the United Nations, uh, world tourism organization for the rural, top rural tourism startup of, of, uh, of the year at the, at the startup competition. So it was wonderful. And that was like in January, 2020. So we met up in Madrid after not seeing each other since like 2013. Like she flew from Nairobi. I flew from uh, Miami and we met up in Madrid and we had some tapas. And like the next day we were hitting like all the events and like being a part of that whole um, conference. And like, it's interesting because then you don't think that, you know, you work hard and you get to this point. And uh, it was really like a fantastic feeling, uh, like not thinking that, okay, maybe... I could look back to when I was younger and think, you know, wow, what am I even going to do? To them being there, it was, you know, it was, it was even when I was there, I was like, wow, almost like in a way, it's, it's hard to believe. And it's really like a fantastic opportunity. So I'm really fortunate and I'm really, you know, grateful to her for, for giving me the opportunity. 
but then the pandemic happened and like uh <laughs> like a few months after that so i had was planning to move to nairobi and i did move to nairobi i was there for like two and a half months three months um but then i had to leave on like one of the last flights out and it was and it was a shame too because it was such a cool country like the best people so beautiful so much fun and i was just getting my feet wet uh, business was going good and then the pandemic hit and i flew back to miami and so then i've been working from here remotely but then in the tourism industry too during this time it's been like pretty down so we've been working on other projects but then it comes back then to dealing with the ups and downs of that experience like being so close like yeah you know you're like right there you yeah, know you can and see it and you can see it and it's like oh it falls out of your hands and then it's also like the frustration of that but then thinking how you respond to that as well um and of course it gets you down some days and then some days you can like push through and you're feeling it and you know so so that's been the challenging part over the course of the last year but still finding the motivation to push on is uh is helpful and maybe it comes back but also i was speaking to to sana this morning we were talking after a meeting and she was talking about a book she was reading called the surrender um experiment i think it's called this is like kind of really like surrendering to the moment and like knowing that like there's only so many things in your hands you can control that you can control so we could focus on the things we can control which is something that we had been doing in this time so like for everybody here, like you guys and everybody listening to this, is we've all gone through this shared experience together, yeah. <laughs> and like each of us in our own way, like fighting through uh, what can like totally bring us down, and and also at the same time like realizing we're almost coming out of that, hopefully. Yeah. Um. So how do we bounce back after like a tough year? Um. So, so I'm trying to remain optimistic and see. <laughs> yeah. Know, do it. Things could bounce back, but we're feeling like very grateful. And for me, like I said, it's. Also, the test of like feeling that you worked towards that position, there's something you really want, and then you're faced with like all this adversity, like where it's really easy to say, you know what, maybe I can't do this, or maybe I should just do something else, and like questioning that at times, like wow, you know, keeping pushing through, pushing through with no guarantee that there is going to be a vaccine that's going to come out in the next few years, yeah. you know, in that time. Um, so once again, then there's also learning experiences for everybody, right? It's like seeing yourself in that moment and and how do you adapt and the mindset that you cultivate oh yeah so how actually how did you manage for the last 12 months because it's literally been one year now yeah. uh, well to keep the company going and how did you pivot like did you find a way to go another route or whatever mm. like how, how how did you take it because obviously like you said the travel industry took a hit and suddenly everything is gone no one is jumping on a plane anymore no one is going abroad anymore so how because obviously you're still going so how did you survive the the past 12 months and yeah 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 so i mean internally uh, in that time i guess it was march we were deciding on a new website so we're deciding to upgrade the platform or not and uh and already i think the covid was already breaking out i remember we were talking about it and uh at a cafe in my neighborhood and we're saying well right if this pandemic is bad like are we going to invest this this large sum of money into the website um and then we had the conversation we're like well like if we don't it's also then kind of a sign that you don't think it could succeed you know so like invest in the money because you know yeah we still believe in the idea we still believed in the concept of a more sustainable future for tourism um and i think that there has been the trend is people wanting to support local and like realizing that we have a really big um, uh, footprint on our environment and the world we live in and, um, you know, the jobs that people have access to in a lot of these tourism-rich destinations. So 
Um, so I still believe in that type of future. Uh, and I believe that people will adopt those things. And I mean, we've seen a lot of interest. So ultimately, it, then it comes full circle as we've been working on new partnerships. And yeah, okay, maybe um, we can't make as many sales. We've tested out virtual experiences. Um, so it'd be cool to invite you guys to do one. Um, you know, and I know that you're planning to travel in a few months, maybe two to these parts in Southeast Asia. So, um, so we've been playing with that and really just preparing like the new website. So it's like almost launched. We're almost ready to launch it. And then it feels good because it also it's like that whole year of where we weren't the ones designing the website either. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a company that we work with. So then it's like also, once again, it's something that's out of your hands. You have to surrender to the timeline that I have no control over. But, you know, everything timing, everything happens for a reason. And it's like you do want to believe in that and also believe in yourself uh, that, that you can do it. You don't want to give up on like the idea or, you know, or yourself. So... No, I mean, I, I love the idea. Like, the, this is the way we travel. Yeah. Uh, every, every time we go somewhere, we try to find, I mean, stay with local every single time. We never stay mm -hmm. in hotel or whatever. And yeah, try to find the, the random guide, <laughs> the random guide that's going to take you to this place that, you know, no one is seeing or whatever. Like, this, this is the way you actually discover a country, discover a culture and connect with people and hear the amazing stories and, and everything. And, and it's funny because like, this is also how we created this podcast is because we travel this way and mm. we always stay with locals. We always have a chance to experience and hear amazing stories through the, those locals. Mm -hmm. And this is a bit, this is better than taking a picture at the Eiffel Tower. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like one of my best moment traveling ever is when was that? <laughs> Time is so blurry. In <laughs> November 2019, going to Cuba. Oh yeah. Uh, we had an amazing time in Cuba, but it's telling to our host uh, today is my birthday because it was my birthday while we're in Cuba. Mm -hmm. uh, what can we do? Where can we go to celebrate? And he was like, "Come to my house and we'll do something for you." And he invited his family. They made dinner. Had a big birthday cake. And we had a big <laughs> party with him and his family. And that was amazing. Like, that was one yeah. of the best things ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. You know? Like, I agree. Yeah, I've had it, so many of those moments. Yeah. That those are, like, the ones you remember the most. Exactly. Like, like, are the most entertaining. It was like so meaningful. cultural um, experience. It was like know, standing on his balcony in the middle of Havana, old Havana, with a glass rum. of rum, <laughs> like cheersing to Jeremy's birthday with this guy who'd just been staying yeah, awesome. at his house with us. Like you would like, never get that experience if you stayed in a hotel. Yeah. Like, like th this is why we love traveling and this is why we are <laughs> giving everything up to go traveling. Yeah. Because that's the kind of experience we want to experience. And, and, and that's how we created the podcast. It's like, imagine if we could have recorded some of those conversations mm -hmm. on the road. Like talking to this this guide in in Indonesia oh, yeah. or this guy in Cuba. Oh, man, like if we could so have like a recording of the, a recording of that, <laughs> yeah, how amazing for us! Not even mm -hmm. to publish it, just for us to have a souvenir because we see you forget things. <laughs> yeah, like of how amazing these would that moments be, that you, know? you have and like that's, that's even yeah. I'm like racking my brain. Like I was even like on the way over here, I'm thinking, all right, like what kinds of questions? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh god, like because you know some things you just like maybe you have a certain. Uh, like something that happens that might trigger a certain memory, but yeah. it's not like total recall, right? Yeah. Like, but, but yeah, and that, that same feeling then is like why then as a photographer, I had a different idea back in also like maybe it was like 2017. 
And I was like, yeah, like, how can I use photography as this tool to like engage with people in these places? And so what I came up with, I was on like a meditation retreat and I was asking myself that question. Like, yeah, maybe this is like this really great tool and it could be used to like, you know, connect people and like, you know, create an impact and like show these stories and show all these things going on everywhere. And then I had an idea to get a portable printer. And then when I would travel around, I had a portable printer and I would print it for people. And I think maybe you guys must have seen this project. Yeah, yeah. It's like portrait passport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. Yeah, so like, so then I would travel like in all these places and I would have this printer and like people loved it. You know, so I would walk around and I'll show it. And then I'd be like at a, at a fish market in like Sri Lanka. And I would be like, okay, you guys like want your portrait. And then people would start coming from everywhere. And so every, the printer would always run out of battery, always run out of paper. And I felt so bad to then like be like, sorry. Sorry. It's like honestly ran out of battery. But it also led to so many cool experiences because sometimes then people would invite me to come back to like drink with them. Like I met this group of like uh, nomads, Mongpa nomads like a remote from a remote part of India and they had trekked to Bhutan to visit this like tiger's nest monastery. And it was like a pilgrimage that they had done through the Himalayas. Wow. And I met this group up at the top of the monastery and I took their portraits and I printed it for them. And then it was so cold up there that the printer kind of stopped working. So like a certain group of them didn't get their portraits. And they were like dressed in this like really beautiful traditional clothing and like were like really friendly and like playful and curious. And, um, and then, so, so you're not really allowed to travel that country by yourself. So like I was there with my driver and my guide who were like wonderful people. I just, it's same again, it was like the local experiences. Like I got to stay in their house and, and all these things for nine days. It was like really eye opening and cultural experience and like, uh, really just like a strong bond was built. And eventually they kind of negotiated something so that later on at, at night, when we're back in town, which was a town called Paro, it's not like a huge town. It's just a really small country in general. That we would meet them up at the inn, and I would print them their photos. <laughs> so then we went. Me and and our and uh, and the driver Dorji, he took me, and he was the, he kind of understood their language in a way. Like, like I guess he had like he could pick up on the dialect, so he kind of knew okay. what they were saying. So he was kind of translating between us. And they had made like this rice wine that they brought with them, like this homemade like rice wine. And we started drinking and they started giving me like all these shots and they started singing and dancing and they probably hadn't been drinking before I got there. <laughs> it's like, like seven of them, I think, uh, in this inn, like, you know, with their belongings and I'm like in the room hanging out with them. I'm like, this is like so cool. I love these type of experiences because it's like, like interesting for both people. You're like brought into these completely different types of worlds through like a random intersection, like at a place. And then they wanted like another photo shoot. And like this was, they were wearing completely different clothes. They weren't like in the traditional dress. And they were just like with sunglasses and posing. And it's like you saw also like two completely different sides of like maybe I could have assumed they were a certain type of very traditional way up at the mountaintop. And then by hanging out with them later on, I also saw, wow, it's like really, you know, multiple sides to everybody and all these people from all over the place and you would think well okay you know the people you might see on the news on the other side of the planet far away like you know there's so many like dimensions to people that like we said you know maybe the tv just shows you one you don't really understand the full um the full human behind that i love that full scale of experience (laughs) yeah i i can i can totally relate with everything you're saying we i think we 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 are really like in the way we with you traveling and connection and everything so yeah. yeah i love that do you have any idea in how many countries you've been 
Oh, I can't say living because you've been moving around, but yeah, you've been to a lot of places. I have. <laughs> I don't know the number. You've been to a lot of places. I don't know the number. Yeah, like sometimes I would like look and see, but then I don't really count it. I don't really. Yeah, no, just think too much because then yeah. in the end too, it's like it's not a race. <laughs> yeah, but I, but then I, but then you see a lot of people that do treat it in that way, and it's like you already know when you go to some of these places, it's like better to stay in the town for two weeks. Yeah, and try to rush through and see it all and you don't really end up seeing anything or getting to know a place really at least from my experience living everywhere it's like wow okay when i knew the first few days versus the first week versus the next three months was like a completely different experience so yeah. i don't want to deprive myself of how deep a place could be and how rich a place could be 100 percent, yeah what has been your might be a tricky one but your <laughs> your favorite place if you could pick one that you would love to go back or I don't know what, what, what's been like a really unique place that really is on the top. Mm. The thing is, is every, every place is so different. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're also wonderful <laughs> in their own way. And also I've been in those places in different phases of my life. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they meant different things to yeah. me. And like, I engaged with those cities in completely different ways. Um, yeah. I think I'm definitely, I think from like the most unique like mind-blowing place i thought was bhutan okay this is like this really cool little country in the himalayas like closed off from the outside world for so long and it's like you kind of come back in and they've done a great job of preserving their culture and mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful it's in the himalayas and it's just every like they do such a great job of like conserving the land and making sure that they protect the forests and right. you know it's like illegal to chop most of these forests i think most of the country is protected Wow. I forget the exact number now, it's, but it's like a net, uh, um, it, like it actually sucks out more carbon than it emits as oh, a country. Wow. Um, and, and honestly, I was actually really liking Kenya as well. And, mm -hmm. and the thing is, is I really wanted to explore that part of the world a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm also left with the feeling of like, oh, wow, like Are I was just getting my feet wet. Are you going to go back? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope at some point, like we have a lot of projects going on there right now. Um, and so I would like to go in and be a part of it. And, you know, sometimes we don't know. I mean, I would like to live in Miami. This is my home and my family's here. I have such a large family and my parents are here. And I also wanted to go and do a lot of those things like earlier on, like out of university, because I thought, well, like if I don't do it now, when can I do it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's also them finding that balance. So I guess anything could really happen. Uh, I mean, I would definitely like to go back and make it a part of my life, whether or not I want to, I could live there. Um, in the future, it depends on circumstances, but I would totally be happy Always to live there. It's amazing, honestly. It's, it probably is really, they're all really cool in their own way, but that was definitely one of the coolest. I, loved it. I, had, a, I had a really great experience there in a short time. It's probably also one of the places that, it's interesting how little I know about Africa, I realize. Um, it's such a vast continent, and I mean, and every country is probably so different. Um, so different this, I, I know so little about it I, I, I'm, I'm trying in my head to visualize what life would be in Nairobi I can't picture anything I have no idea honestly yeah. what it looks like you know it's something the only thing that... you ever see is starving children and people living in huts like that's literally all you see on the media of Africa yeah and then you have South Africa where I got a few things and the, yeah I'm yeah, so ignorant yeah. about no, yeah, and that's and, and it's interesting too because I guess growing up really like the perception you have of of this whole entire continent is like through the 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 frame of like media yeah. and you know they only show then the bad in those cases yeah. and like of course you know like all over the world there's all types of like 
hardship and crisis yeah. and like even here in Miami um, and even you know and, and you say that and, and it's funny because even the other day I was on Shutterstock uh, looking for photos and I typed in Malawi because um, it's one of the places we're exploring to launch mm -hmm. next and then every single photo was like a humanitarian uh, aid photo and I was thinking like wow this is like also like an incredible country like with so much going on so much culture yeah. like and 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 then it always gets framed in this in this way and and that's one thing that we really want to achieve through the company as well is to share a different story about you know these destinations through the eyes of local people and organizations and like have them take control of their story and the marketing and like you know you can go to our website and it's pretty transparent. You can see who the host is, you know, where they are, what destination they're in. And like often cases, these are places that are like totally off the beaten path or like out there that maybe wouldn't be on the typical tourist itinerary. Um, but like, you know, these itineraries can't determine what's cool and important. You know, like if you really go on the ground, everything is going to be really enriching and engaging and like beautiful and you're going to have a great time. So, so that's definitely something that we, are focused on and like i said it's funny because we were talking about it earlier as yeah. well mm -hmm. um and it's something that i want to do more th uh, in, through the company so i do have a lot of plans that i'm working on like to try to achieve that and like you know bring together all our hosts from like asia and africa and you know soon latin america and like share those stories as a collective um so like people can really see like what is the world like and and at the same time and this is something that i want to achieve when with the virtual experiences as well is because now you know you can connect with people all over you know you can c connect with the karamoja tribe in uganda through our website and like meet them and learn about their custom and know that know, learn about their customs and know that that money is going towards that community organization and reinvest it in the community mm -hmm. and the projects that they're doing um and so that's the wonderful thing is also like bridge using technology as a tool to bridge people from different cultures and yeah. i think we were also talking earlier about social media channels and how mm -hmm. Like, you know, it feels in a way that they're becoming more and more fractured and people are retreating more into these like isolated, like one sided communities. Um, so, like, I definitely view this as a way to connect people and like people see the world through like a different lens. And like, maybe you don't have the opportunity to go to Uganda or Rwanda or Kyrgyzstan or Bhutan, but now you can meet people and like support their projects from afar yeah. and like really have a cool experience and maybe if you go to kyrgyzstan or something one day then you can actually meet this person you know so so i really i really love it it's it's honestly it's such a blessing yeah and i think also it's maybe more than ever it's so important also because it will help realize that actually we are more alike than we think we are mm. like you know if you, if you just stick to the basic media the tv and, and stuff like that you always hear about what's wrong about this place what's wrong about these people you mm -hmm. don't hear the positive story you don't hear the the reality of what's going on in this place or this place uh, and all the all the stories we hear most of the time create division and separation mm. between is is us and them yeah when actually sharing experiences like you you want to uh, share and provide mm should eventually create a sense of us and not us and them right mm -hmm. that, yeah we have a different lifestyle but we want we want the same things in life we we are seeking looking for the same things uh mm -hmm. we just have different cultures and different way to get there mm -hmm. but we are way more alike than we think we are 
And I think that's also really good because yeah, everyone cannot travel. Everyone is not fortunate to be able to go to those places, yeah, exactly. but provide, providing those solutions virtually is, is great uh, and much needed probably to change the narrative and provide something a little bit different than everything we can hear right now. Yeah, uh, create some unity and everything. So it's it's amazing. I can't wait to see, yeah, what's going to be coming coming up with and, and see it growing because there is potential. And I mean, we'll be we'll be fun. We'll be here because that's the way we see traveling personally. Yeah, that's so, why yeah, I'm man. ready for you guys to go travel uh, and hit the road. Yeah, and I know we've I, talked about it in the past <laughs> anyway. We've talked about it before. Yeah. So because I know you guys had that plan to to visit Indonesia. Like I know, well, I guess more, really more of Southeast Asia. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, you had that plan set in stone for like quite some time. You wanted to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Now we are making it happen. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's time. So where is one place in the world that you haven't been that you are dying to go to? Oh my gosh, I think I can give you five. You got five places. Oh, I know one. I know one is not a lot though. One is hard. There's really so many cool places. I think I definitely would like to explore more of the African continent. So like as Jeremy was saying. It's just so incredibly diverse from a cultural perspective, from like the food that is served, from like the topography and geography and the things that you can do in, the, in, in, in these countries. And, and, and yeah, and, and it's also because for so long it's framed really as like a safari destination. So like people kind of like will fly into Nairobi and then they'll fly out to the Masai Mara and like don't even spend time with people. Like they come and like maybe they, you know, visit a community out in, in, in the Mara, but then they won't um like really engage in the city and it's like people are being bussed in to see animals and then in a lot of cases there's like less regard for the people that live there and like the valuables are, are the animals are valuable because um they do bring a lot of tourism dollars that can impact and uh like be reinvested in these communities um and make life future life better um and provide more opportunities so to answer your question i would definitely like to see more of africa so i guess i could say like it's always hard. I would say like Madagascar. Um, I think Mozambique would be pretty cool. I definitely want to go to Guyana and uh, in Latin America. That's not too far. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not too far. Um, where else? Uh, hmm, I, w- I would love to see... Uh, well, actually, I, I, would, I would really like to go to Bolivia. So hopefully I'm planning a, a trip with, uh, with Canal. Um, oh, to go to Bolivia at some point. Uh, so that would be cool. And, and then I think also I would love to check out Chile. Like I would love to go to the Atacama Desert, like Patagonia, yeah. Santiago, like really ride this like long stretch of a beautiful country in like a van yeah. and just like ride the whole thing. Yeah, and down to the bottom, yeah. So how about you guys? <laughs> Oof. I'm, flipping the, I'm flipping the mic. <laughs> <here>. um, <laughs> my top destination for like 15 years has been India. Mm. I don't know why I'm just dying to go there. Mm. Um, Morocco was also high on my list for a while. Tokyo, or mm. Japan in general, but um, where else? I mean, every, like literally everywhere. Whenever we have this conversation, I'm like, I want to go there and there and then. Jeremy's like, we can't go everywhere. What about you? Uh, Iceland. For the uh, drone photography. Yeah. Not I mean, for the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not for the ice, but <laughs> Iceland. Uh, I'm not sure you say in English the the Faroe Fer- Island. The Faroe Islands. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would love to go back to Australia and mm. explore the whole island because 
I've been there, but I've only been to Sydney. No, so you guys have warm memories uh, yeah. from meeting in Australia. But so it's, a very it's such place. a big island. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's strange to call it an island. It's like, usually say an island you, tiny you, bit. You, you can <laughs> fit, I remember that, you can fit 14 friends in Australia. That's how big it is. It's fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much to see there that I love to mm. get in a van and explore the entire continent, island, whatever you name it. Yeah, those are my top three. So no, probably. So you're holding me us to a different standard. You're not gonna answer the last two. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, last two. Oh, I've got another one. I hate the cold, but I want to go to Antarctica once in my life. Oh yeah, I want to see that road trip around the states. Oh yeah, that too. Mm. Like Utah, Colorado, Las Vegas. California, like the whole of the states, yeah. I'd love to do. There's so much to see in this. There's, so much to see. <laughs> I mean, There's not enough time. Canada yeah. looks incredible as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like the no offense to the countries that didn't make the list because they're all wonderful. Yeah. I'm sure actually that I might want to go to some other places more than the ones I mentioned, but it's hard to think off the top <laughs> yeah. of my head. <laughs> I think literally anywhere. Yeah. Oh, and if I have to, okay, my fifth one would be the Galapagos, probably. Oh, yeah. For That's the, cool. Definitely the, the wildlife and everything yeah i'll be my top five for me. okay so if you're listening <laughs> what are your top five send us a message let us know um we'd love to hear from you guys but yeah thank you daniel it's been amazing yeah i appreciate you guys other- i'm really happy that yeah, uh, that we got you. to do this and uh and, and thank you for having me thank you for thinking of me <laughs> no thank you so Sorry. much um one last question if you could speak <laughs> to someone that you think is in your eyes, the most interesting person. It can be dead or alive, famous or not, it doesn't matter. Who would you pick and why? Oh, man. <laughs> so you said they could be dead or alive? Yeah. Sweetie, open. Okay, because I recently answered this question for, li- for, for who I would want to have a conversation with alive. But dead, that's more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of people. <laughs> There's a lot of people. Um. Yeah, man, you should have given me this question before. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of it. I think we need to start preparing. You said you weren't gonna blindside me. I think we need to start preparing people and giving yeah. them like before we record. By the way, he wasn't too hard on me. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like I think. Um, honestly, I've really always liked listening to Alan Watts mm-hmm. uh, talk about life. I think it's a really interesting perspective and I think that there's a lot to learn from having a conversation with someone like him and the way he sees the world. Yeah. And I mean, I think that even listening to a lot of his work and reading some of his books when I was a little younger also like pushed me to see things in a certain way. And I was like, well, actually, this guy has a really beautiful way of like seeing and interpreting the world and making sense of it. Yeah. Um, so, so I think... Uh, yeah, so I think I would say I would say him because then you can actually ask those questions. Of course, you can always listen uh, to what he's saying, but then when you can actually engage with that, I mean, I think it's like when I hear him speaking, I'm like, well, he really actually makes all these great points about the world. So, so yeah, so I think that there's like something still to be learned from that, and I think it's something that can have like a big impact on my life. Um, 100%. And yeah, and how about you guys? Oh, mine would be my granddad who passed mm. before I was born. Mm. Yeah. And mine would be, uh, it might change, but right now it would be Elon Musk. Elon Musk? Yeah. So if you're listening to this, Elon. I would love to. <laughs> 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 
dig into his brain. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So much going on up there. Yeah. Well, now you know all you got to do is call him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where can people find you? Uh, you personally and I like locals. What's the best way to see your work, get in touch, see the company? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so people can go to my website. So it's danielquintanaphotography.com. So I have like a lot of my photography work there. And I guess my social media channels are also there. But also, I guess my handle is pretty much my name with two underscores at either <laughs> end of it, at both ends of it. And um, and then our company, uh, it's i-likelocal.com. So the name of our company is I Like Local. And then the Instagram is at I underscore like underscore local. I, yeah, so I hope you guys, uh, yeah, that people out there, if they're curious, you know, they can always reach out to me. Like, I'm always happy to help and like offer advice and share about places and things like that to anybody that's interested in traveling. Like we already talked about some of this earlier, you know, yeah. definitely. It's like my friends. I'll look out for you guys <laughs> when you're going to these places and like hope to give you like a great experience that you can always remember. Like we it's something I would love to do for you. So. No, and also yeah. I highly recommend to check your personal page because your photography is amazing. It's really different mm. than, let's say, what we mostly see on Instagram. Mm. Uh, you 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 have you have an eye to capture mm. little moment of life. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's what it, that's where it started for me. It was like the little moments of life, and I like that. Yeah. You know, it's like good memories, and also maybe we look back one day and think. 30, 40 years down the line, like, wow, actually, that was the world that we lived in. Because yeah. maybe the world could be completely different. Yeah, like, the, I mean, it's the, just a relic like of, some, uh, of like a time. People like fishing in Thailand, or like yeah. small world. I, I love those photographs you share every time. So, yeah. yeah I appreciate I'll it. link everything in the show notes so people can find you personally. Yeah. And also, I like locals easily. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, once and again. also, and where really can where can people find you? Because of course, maybe there, I have friends <laughs> that might be listening to this that that you know might want to uh, catch you guys also. You so my it. Instagram <laughs> is rosieandre underscore com. Jeremy's is jeremyandre underscore fr. Um, at just interesting people. Yeah, just interesting people. <laughs> the website, just interesting people. I have a blog, rosieandre dot com. Both photographers, both fantastic photographers and videographers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode as always. Make sure you leave us a review if you enjoyed it and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.